All right. Thanks, Chloe. Thanks for leading us. Isn't that sweet? You guys, just for your leadership, I, <clears throat> I have First uh, John 1, 3, just says, we proclaim to you what we have seen and hear, heard so that you'll have fellowship with us. And our fellowship was with the Father and with the Son. And that's, that to me is that, that, that's what that is right there. We're just sharing what we're seeing, what we're hearing, because God is alive. And we do that so that we can have fellowship, which literally means to share our lives with each other. And we're sharing life with God, you guys. This is eternal life that we know him this way. And so anyway, thanks. Just thanks for that. I, I just, I'm really grateful. Yeah, so we're, we're uh, jumping into the new year. How many of you guys actually do some sort of New Year's resolution thing? Anybody? Okay, see, four. You know, no, I'm not surprised. I, I don't know if people used to do it and they just realized it never works, so they stopped doing it. <laughs> How many of you did that? You used to do them? Yeah, there we go. It doesn't work anymore. And, and so I'll be honest with you. I think about the new year and I'm like, ah, I kind of have this little aversion to new year stuff. But then I was, uh, I, I couldn't help but think about Genesis 1.14. And it says, when, when God created the sun and the moon, it says, and God said, let there be lights in the expanse of the heavens to separate the days from the night and let them be for, there's a purpose, for signs and seasons and for days and years. So if you really think about it, in God's perfect wisdom, he actually created the world so we'd have new years. This is actually his idea, y'all. And if you think about it, isn't it a blessing that we can go last year? And then you can think this year. It's a blessing that we can go yesterday and tomorrow. And so this whole idea, I think, of, of thinking about a new year and, and what do we want to see happen, I think this is God's gift to us. And, it, and, and so we're going to embrace that. And so we're going to do this series called Unstuck. Because the truth is, every one of us in this room is stuck. Amen? In some way. And I don't know about you, I hate being stuck. I, anybody hate being stuck in traffic? I hate being stuck in traffic so bad that I will look on a map and I will figure out a way to get off the road and weave through neighborhoods. Anybody else do that? We weave through neighborhoods because I just want to be moving. I don't care if it's going to take me twice as long. At least I was moving and I'm not stuck anymore. Now, if you're stuck, that simply means by definition that you're wanting to be somewhere else and you can't get there. You want to be somewhere else and you can't get there. Now, we all are stuck somehow in our behavior patterns. There's things about our lives that we don't like and we'd love to see them change. And that's why we look at them this new year. Sometimes they're vices, right? And so we've got those. We have the struggles that we might even call addictions at times to alcohol or drugs or sex or gambling or gaming there are things that just have us and we can't seem to get away from them. And then we just have our unhealthy stuff, which is almost every one of us, like this year, right? I'm gonna eat right. I'm gonna exercise because we know we wanna get out of that habit. Some of us have vices with social media and it's robbing your time, the internet, or you're overspending. Sometimes the thing you're stuck in is hobbies. 
and you know that you're giving your life away to time, to stuff that was fun, but you can't get out of it. We all have stuff like that, every one of us. But then we also have relational behavior patterns that we're stuck in. Some of us are people pleasers and you wish that you weren't. Some of us are quick to criticize other people. Your behavior pattern is you just know I'm critical and I judge everybody around me. Some of you, your behavior pattern is you won't get close to anybody and you won't open up and you have this wall. Some of you are codependent. Some of you are controlling. You like how I say you, not us. And some of us are quick to anger. Here's here's the deal. Every one of us, every one of us has relational patterns that you've been stuck in and you have been doing these for years. And it's a new year. And then there's faith. Some of us have just been stuck in our faith. This, This very prayer that Chloe prayed for to have, you haven't had a passion. You've lost your fire the fervor and the energy inside your whole, it's just, you've been stuck. Some of you have been stuck. You're struggling to feel confident in God's love. And so you feel insecure there. Some of you have guilt and shame and you feel unforgiven and you're just stuck. Some of you are still not generous. There's certain things that we just know, like, man, if I follow Jesus, I should be faithful with my finances. But that has been an area where you're like, I just can't get over that one. I still don't give anything of what God's given to me. I'm stuck in that. Some of us aren't using our gifts. Some are not committed. Like, like I hear Mike and having the, the Life Together group, like in loving, I mean, there's, so, okay, I'll stop. But here's what, as I was thinking through this, I just want us, before we jump into the series, before I jump into today, I just want you to think about where are you stuck? Where are you stuck? Where is there a behavior that, man, if we could, I would just love for Jesus to help me get unstuck. And so I love the scripture. It says, where the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. See, God wants us to be unstuck. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free, the scriptures say. Jesus said, if you hold to my teachings, you'll know, then you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. See, so here's what I want to tell you. No matter what it is, whether it's relational, whether it's a vice or some sort of behavior, whether it's your faith, here's the good news tonight. Jesus Christ came so you and I could be free. And he wants to do that for us. Thank you for a hallelujah. Way to go, Rain. Appreciate that. So this series, we're going to do Unstuck. And tonight, what I'm going to talk to you about is how do we get stuck? How do we get stuck? Why are we stuck? Because sometimes we just need to know that. And then once we deal with tonight, then we'll actually get into the power to be unstuck, the practices that we can actually do to get unstuck, and the people that we need to be unstuck. All right? But tonight... I want to dive in and help us to understand because sometimes until I know the problem, I can't actually fix it. So why are we stuck? How do we get into that place? And I just want to be honest with you. This is like, I'm going to give you a message, but man, Holy Spirit work because this is hard. 
This is really hard work. And I'm gonna share some pretty straightforward stuff right from the scripture. But then I'm gonna share some stuff that just for me in the last six months that I feel like God is helping me personally in the areas where I'm stuck. And here's what I wanna tell you. Here's Here's where we're gonna address why we're stuck. Number one, it's because we feed the sin inside of us. Okay, that's one of the reasons we're stuck because we feed the sin that's in us. And then the other reason we're stuck is because we cope with the sin that's been done to us. Okay, we feed the sin that's in us and we cope with the sin that's been done to us. All right, so let's look at it. I got a, I got a few different passages I'm gonna, I'm gonna pull this out of tonight. Galatians 6.1 says this, brothers and sisters, If someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. But watch yourselves, or you also may be tempted. So, brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, that word caught literally means to be caught as if you were um, off guard and something got you. (laughs) Like, all I can think of is a fish here, all right? Fish get caught, or it's a trap. Or it's a POW, a prisoner of war, somebody who gets caught. And so all of a sudden, it's not just a sin, okay? It's you, it's you're stuck. It says you're caught in a sin. So it isn't somebody, if you see somebody who did something wrong, that's one thing. But when you see someone who's stuck, and I just bring that verse up to say, the scriptures are telling us we can get caught in sin. We can actually get caught up in a pattern. The scriptures are telling us this is just part of our reality. The next few verses tell the people, tell us how do you help somebody to do that? How how do you help someone get out of, of their sin if they're caught? But then in verse seven, it says this, do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. And whoever sows to please the spirit from the spirit will reap eternal life. Why am I stuck? Why am I caught? Why am I in this pattern that's destructive? And what the scripture says is because we feed it. And our flesh, what is the flesh? Sometimes when you're reading, if you read the New International Version, they will translate it sinful nature. So here's, let me, let me just, the best definition I think comes right from the scripture, Galatians 5, 7, same, same book of the Bible. It says, for the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want, okay? So if you go to seminary like myself and you go and you get into your theology classes, and you learn the theology of God and of Jesus and the Father and the Holy Spirit. The other thing you have to study is the theology of man. You have to understand human nature. And one of the things the scripture tells us, what Jesus has tried to reveal to us, part of the reason we're stuck is because we have these desires that are contrary to God. Every single human on the planet is born with this flesh. And so you have them. Y'all know that right well, right? <laughs> You've got these things. They're inherent within humanity. And though, so everything of God 
is light and it's life. But these desires inside of us, for some reason, we want things that are contrary to God. We just do. But when it's contrary to God, it's darkness and it leads to destruction and eventually death. But now notice what it said. It says, um, a man reaps what he sows. So when you sow something, what is that? You are doing an action with an expectation that it's going to produce a certain result, right? So you're sowing seeds. I'm sowing that seed because I know that it's going to produce something. And what they're saying is, what the scripture tells us, what God tells us is when you sow to please your sinful nature, from that nature, you will reap destruction. It just, God's not going to be mocked. It's just the way it is. But here's what's important. Notice it says, the man reaps what he sows. Not sowed, sows. And this is important because this verb is the present tense. It doesn't mean if you do one sin, that all of a sudden it's just destruction. What he's saying, the word is in the present tense, which means you continually do it. You're sowing continually. You're feeding that desire. The desire is going to be there because you're human. What do you do with the desire? And he says, if you sow it, if you feed it, if you're continually giving yourself to it, then you are going to reap this destruction. So what's the Bible say? Don't sow to the spirit. I mean, (laughs) don't sow to please your flesh. So there you go. Easy, huh? Y'all got it? Yeah, I, I mean, so this is where I'm struggling because I know this. Don't do the dumb thing. Oh, okay. That worked. Okay, there's gotta be something greater here. Why are we still doing it? Why do we keep doing this? Why did I not just sin one time and go, God, that was stupid. I'm never going to do that again. Oh, I'm doing it again. Okay, let's look at another passage. James chapter 1, 13 and 14. Let no one say when he is tempted, I'm being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself tempts no one. But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. So we get caught in sin. Why? <laughs> a couple more fishing terms right here. You get lured, okay? And what's a lure? It's something that literally drags you away. It, the, the word just means to be drawn out. So in other words, here we are in this beautiful, safe space, and I can't help but think about the garden. Here's Adam and Eve, and there is absolute perfection. They fully know they're loved by God. Everything's satisfying them, and yet Satan can come and lure them, and they're drawn out of the safe place. And then the word for being enticed literally means to catch by a bait, to catch by a bait, okay? Now, you know what? It's kind of fun. Um, in fact, we used lures here last year in an illustration. When you have a lure, what, is it, what does it look like? It looks like the real thing. It looks like the real thing. That's why we go after it. We think that this, something comes in, draws us out, and then there's this bait that comes and we go, that's it. That's the thing that's going to satisfy me. And I couldn't help but think about Jesus 
right, with the woman at the well. And he said, if anybody drinks this water, what's going to happen? You're going to thirst again. You're going to drink it and you're going to want more and you're going to want more and you're going to want more. If you've ever studied addiction, if you've ever studied the human, this is what's great. I love how science just shows what Jesus said thousands of years ago. Then when we do that, we need more of that, more dopamine to hit the fix. But Jesus says, if you drink the water I give you, you will never thirst. See, there's debate and we get lured into this. And then it says, when you're tempted, okay? Because I, I don't know about you guys, but there are times when the temptation would come and I'd be so ashamed just of the temptation. Like, man, why do I, why? and you just feel defeated. There was this really cool guy who was tempted. His name was Jesus. So the temptation is going to come. But what happens when we do the temptation? And I want to tell you guys, the ultimate temptation, all temptation at its root is for us to put our trust in something besides God. That's the temptation. And our flesh fights us. This, 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 this flesh, these desires that are in us say, turn to this. Turn to this. Turn to money. Turn to success. Turn to alcohol. Turn to sex. Turn to whatever it is. Do this instead of God. The world tempts us all the time. There's where success and performance and having things, the world constantly is luring us into that instead of God. And then the enemy is always lying to us all the time to get us to put our trust in something else, to find our life in something else besides God. So why am I keep doing this? Because we have these desires and they never stop. I'm, I'm, I just, I'm so, anybody else just get tired of this? Tired of the battle? It's like, and here's what I finally realized. Satan's never going to stop. He's just never going to stop. This is our deal. All right? So we're lured and we're enticed by our own desires. And a desire is a longing or a craving for something that brings satisfaction or enjoyment. And our flesh has desires. But you know what happens? It says it's a longing or a craving for something. And when the temptation comes, because it's going to come, how do we not get stuck? And the answer is, to who or to what do you turn when the temptation comes? Verse 15 goes on to say this. Then desire, when it has conceived, gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. See, the temptation is going to come. It is. But it actually has to be conceived. What do you do, with, what, what, what do, you do when the desire hits you? Do you set your mind on it? Do you think about it? Do you entertain it? Do you get near it? Do you nurture it? Do you sow it? And if we do, then eventually it gives birth to sin. And sin, and then look, you see what it says? And sin, when it does what? Sin actually grows. It gets fully grown. So again, it doesn't mean that we're, to, we're just gonna sin and boom and just die. But it says, but if you sin and if you continue in that pattern of sin, if you sow it and let it grow, it produces death. 
when it's fully grown. So how do we get stuck? The Bible's just simply saying, and this is super important for us to understand as human beings, you have a sinful nature. You have this thing called flesh. It is going to make you desire things that are contrary to the spirit. It just is. So don't feed it. Don't feed it. Okay? And we're going to get into, by the way, I'm not giving you any answers tonight. Okay? You got to come back the next three weeks. <laughs> I'm telling you why we struggle with it and how we get into the point of, of struggling where we're stuck. So first one is we feed the sin within us. But now I want to share this with you. Here's a second thing that God's been revealing to me. I think we get stuck in patterns of behavior because we cope with the sin that's been done to us. All right, love this passage, Romans chapter 7, 18 through 20. For I know that good itself does not dwell in me. That is in my flesh. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do, this I keep on doing. That's being stuck. Why do I keep on doing the thing I don't want to do? Why do my relationships continue to struggle? And there seems to be a common denominator, and it's me. Why can't I seem to change even though I want to? And then verse 20. Now, if I do what I do not want to do, it is no longer I who do it, but it is sin living in me that does it. What is sin? You guys, sin at its core is any action that's not in line with the ways of God. And here's what I know about me very clearly. And here's what I know about you, even if I don't know you. You have sinful patterns that you keep doing, even though you don't want to do them. Why is that? Sin is living in me. And I want to offer another way for I think how we get stuck. And that's because of pain. I think we get stuck because of pain. Because there are sinful desires that we have within us. But you guys, there are also legitimate innate desires within every human being. Desires to be loved and to be accepted. Desires to be um, significant and valued. Desires to have purpose and meaning. Every human being has these desires and there's nothing wrong with those. So we don't just sin though. We've been sinned against. If you've rubbed up, to, up next to another human being, guess what's happened? They've sinned against you. <laughs> That's what happens. So I don't care how great your mom was. I don't care how great your dad was. I don't care how great your home life was. Guess what? Your mom and dad were broken. And so were your schoolmates and the kids at school and all of these things that happened to us. And the next thing you know, we have these, what we call wounds. And everybody has wounds because everybody's been sinned against. And sometimes there are things that didn't happen that should have happened. You should have been cared for. You should have been protected. You should have been loved and you weren't. And sometimes there were things that did happen to you that shouldn't have. 
you know what happens? There's pain and brokenness. And the enemy, you guys, does his best work right here. He does his best work. This is where he speaks the most believable lies. And you, you start believing lies that God's not good. You start believing things that aren't true about him. You start believing things that aren't true about you, that you're not valuable, that you're not good enough, that you need to perform. All these lies start to enter us. And then we can't help but let our experiences, these experiences that we had, it's like we put them on God and they become our truths. Every human being, you guys, is living with a set of truths inside of them, but they're your truths and they're not the truth. And the next thing you do, we end up doing whatever we can because I don't want to feel that pain again. Anybody, amen? I don't want to feel that pain. So you know what we do? Every human does? We come up with coping mechanisms. Every one of us has coping mechanisms. Some of them are to numb it. I'll numb the pain. And that's where substances come in. Food, give me another bowl of ice cream. Isn't it crazy? You can have the worst week possible and this ice cream just takes it all away. So you've got substances, you've got food, you've got sex. For some people, it's exercise and oh, aren't you the lucky one? Because that's what you do and you won't ever miss ever. And because it makes you feel good and everybody thinks you're awesome and you're just coping with your pain. Entertainment, hobbies, some of you buy stuff, man. As soon as you feel the pain, you just buy stuff. A dopamine hit. And then you get angry. It's really helpful to criticize somebody else when you're feeling your pain because then you make them feel like the idiot and you feel better. So some of us are numbing the pain. That's one coping mechanism. Here's the other coping. Is you avoid it. What can I do to avoid the pain? And so we'll withdraw from people and from community. We'll perform. Oh, I'm not good enough. I'll prove it to you, man. I will do it. And some of you are addicted. You've got to prove it. You've got to make it happen. Because if you can do that, then you don't feel the pain of your one your dad said you weren't good enough. That's your coping mechanism. Some of you work because it makes you feel competent and successful and you get affirmation from that. Some of you are super codependent because I tell you what, it feels so good because I find value when I help other people. And some of you control everything. And some of us are dadgummit all of these. <laughs> what are you doing with your pain? What are you doing with your pain? You're turning to something else besides God. You're turning to something else besides God. Let me tell you something pretty crazy about coping mechanisms. Two things. Here's the first one. They don't heal anything. They never heal you. You basically, it's like taking ibuprofen when the real issue is you have a tumor. I, I, I want to tell you, when my mom got cancer, one of the most frustrating things to me, looking back on that, is that my mom would never actually find out what the pain was. And by the time we finally had to go and see, she had numbed it with so many things. Then when we finally went in, it was too late. Okay? <laughs> All you guys know this. None of that stuff is healing you. None of it is healing you. Here's the second thing that's true about coping mechanisms. 
they become the destructive patterns in and of themselves. Yes, that made you feel better. That substance made you feel better. Sex made you feel better. Buying stuff made you feel better. And now what does it do? I got to have more. I have to have more. I have to have more. And now you're out of control. Now you're stuck. Why? Because I turned to something else instead of God. So why are we stuck? Because we feed the sin inside of us and because we're trying to cope with the sin that's been done to us and because we're turning to other things for our life instead of the one who can actually heal us and who actually has the power over the sinful nature. So let me just, band, you guys can come on up. So we have a sinful nature and this is the next three weeks and we need a power We need a power that's beyond ourselves because the scriptures tell us you are slaves to sin. And Jesus is the only one who actually had the power over it. Okay? So you have a sinful nature and you need a power beyond yourselves to break it. And secondly, we have wounds that need the power of God's love to heal it. I'm telling you, God wants to heal you. He does. And he wants to give you the power over this. And I know for me, the last six months, I'm just living this, man. And it's hard work. It's really hard to go in and figure out what those wounds are. And by the way, it really stinks because to actually get healed from them, you have to feel them again. It's not fun. But if you want to, if you got something wrong inside of you and the pain has let you know that it's there, Sometimes having the pain of surgery is actually the greatest blessing that could happen. And so the application for today, you guys, is simply this. What do I do with this? Okay, the first thing you do is this. Whatever sinful nature, whatever part of that you haven't been able to stop doing, you simply just tonight, you just go, God, I can't do it. This is my sin. I'm doing it and I confess it to you. And then you turn to God and you say, I need you. And you ask him and then you be honest. Like, God, I don't know why the pain is in. That's what I had to do this, this fall. I'm like, God, I don't like my behavior, but I don't know why I'm doing it. I don't know why I'm doing it. Sometimes you got to find somebody to help you. I did. I had to go away and get some counseling and say, God, help me discover what is the root of my pain. And then once he shows it to you, then you can turn to him. And the power of his love is the healing thing for your heart. Okay? So we're going to worship right now. Go ahead and stand. And I love this, the, the band chose the song and it's called Hosanna. And um, so I looked it up again because I wanted to make sure, because when I think of Hosanna, I think of palm branches on, you know, on Palm Sunday. Do you know what the word Hosanna actually means in the Hebrew? Save us, God. Save us, we pray. It actually was a cry for help. Hosanna. And that's why they were doing the palm branches, Jesus could you be our Messiah and could you save us? 
So when you sing this song, Hosanna, every time you say, Hosanna, Hosanna, what are you saying? God, would you save me? Would you hear my cry and change my behavior? Would you give me the power and the love to do it? He is the one who can. Let's sing together.